The following program was produced by a community producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the community producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Welcome to O2148. I am your guest host, Ward 3 Counselor John Matheson. It's a pleasure to be with you. And we are very honored to be joined uh, with Ward 5 Counselor Barbara Murphy, who is a tireless advocate for our residents. And I am so honored to have her as my first guest as co-hosting. So, Barbara, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me, John. Yeah. I was so pleased to have the invitation, and it's uh, going to be an enjoyable evening discussing everything that's going on in Malden these days. Yep, it's just great to have uh, two counselors on this episode, and uh, it's a pleasure to work with uh, you, Barbara Murphy. Uh, first, I wanted to mention uh, our esteemed former mayor, Ed Lucy, wanted uh, us to give a shout-out to the uh, the blood drive that's occurring, uh, sponsored by Brigham and Women's and Dana Faber. I'll hold it up. It is, um, it is at the Malden YMCA, 99 Dartmouth Street, Malden, Mass. And it is Saturday, March 2nd, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So uh, that's, that's uh, obviously something that's very important and worth noting. So uh, there it is. Uh, now, John, oh, John actually, may I just say something? Only because recently, as I was um, going through Facebook, I did notice a couple of posts. And I guess there's a definite need for O-blood. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, blood in general, but it's something that really is um, the blood banks are low. So it's not just a blood drive. It's a blood drive that really needs people to turn out for it. Right. So. Right. And if you happen to know that you have O blood, uh, it, you're, you're very much needed and so. you could help a lot of people that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Thank you. Um, so, Barbara, we were talking about your work on the uh, building, the municipal building committee. Yes. So uh, I served on the municipal building committee that did the police station. We have a brand new police station in Malden, state of the art. And now we're about to have a state of the art new city hall. And you're working on the details of that. And I have been for the last two years, and it's a very exciting time. I, I come uh, from the time frame of when City Hall did not take up Pleasant Street. Right. So I walked uh, from the Elmwood Apartments um, every day of my high school life up Pleasant yeah. Street to Malden High School. Oh. So I am waiting to take kind of a voyage down Pleasant Street when it reopens up with a few of my friends because we will be celebrating our 50th anniversary graduating from Malden High School. Wow, so imagine we're that. all going to be very excited. So to see um, what was at the time people thought a good idea, a big mistake for the city of Malden, now actually down and the street opened um, and being able to just generate new business in downtown and foot traffic, it's going to be a, a wonderful uh, future for Malden um, with the new city hall. So, Yeah, I think some of the, uh, the things people are excited about is uh, the fact that this opens up the uh, T-Station, which is one of the busiest T-Stations, to our downtown Pleasant Street. So some of those commuters might be able to do some shopping and discover some of the gems in Malden. Absolutely, and I think it will also be a good driver for business because any business coming into a city always looks at foot traffic, mm -hmm. and the foot traffic never came down Pleasant Street because right. it couldn't. Right. I mean, unless it came up through the staircase that half the people in the world didn't know was didn't there. Didn't know it was there. Was there. So this will actually, I think, give us the opportunity to really attract, you know, um, a higher scale of retailers and um, maybe even a Starbucks. I keep hearing everyone always oh. asks for Starbucks. Whether we'll get one or not, I don't know. Oh, that's when you know but, you're really uh, made. <laughs> but I think, but I think you know people will look at Malden uh, very differently now, and yeah. it's it really is just you know bodes so well for the future. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're uh, 
our, our producer here is James Mudge. I want to give a shout-out to James. James does a great job here. And Claire, thank you for your help with this show. Uh, James, do we have a, a video uh, that, that shows the rendering to the public? Yeah, let's cue that up and let's uh, take a look, show the folks at home. And, Counselor, we can talk right over this video, and we can just talk about what we're looking at. And, absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let the folks see what's going on. Something I think everyone is going to be extremely proud of when they see the, um, the final version. This is actually walking into um, the, the front door of Pleasant Street. Mm. Um, and this is um, to the right where you see the uh, wood um, po uh, poles. Right. That's actually the council chambers. Beautiful. So as you come in, the first floor is basically comprised of meeting rooms. A lot of glass. You'll, a lot of glass. So you're going to actually be able to see, you know, from the street face what's going on in City Hall. Um, there is, I said, the council chamber, which you're looking at to the right here. Mm -hmm. But there's also three meeting rooms um, that are on the first floor, that two of which face the street. So people will be able to see the interaction that's going on. We have a beautiful wooden wall um, that is going... Everything's moving a little quick here. We're, we're going. We're going into. We're going into the council chambers. <laughs> literally transparent government. Yes, we really are. So um, one of the other nice things is we've heard heard a lot speaking of transparency about meetings being televised. Right. All of the meeting rooms will be outfitted with AV equipment so that we will be able to Perfect. televise our council meetings, school committee meetings, other meetings that are happening. And those will so be built right into the room for built, optimal AV. Absolutely. And not just in the council chamber, but in the actual three meeting rooms yeah. that are on the first floor. Now, what's this woman speaking about right now? Um, how wonderful it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> now, i got to tell you, this is a wonderful rendering, and it gets everyone really excited, so I think. this is actually looking down on the lobby from the second sure. floor. And the second floor is basically going to be our, all of our customer-facing um, departments, mm -hmm. such as the treasurer, yep. the assessor, the controller. Easy access. Easy access. Come right up the stairs, and you'll be able to you know, get to the city clerk and go to the treasurer to pay your bill, right. to be able to get your dog license, to be able to get right. your marriage you know, license, marriage license yep. your birth certificates, birth certificate. et cetera. Yep. So as you can see, you know, as you walk down the hallway, um, We've basically tried to create a, a situation where it's very specific that you know there's a desk. So the blue, the Malden blue, will actually be a countertop that you'll know that you can go to for service for one of the departments that you're looking for. Oh, wonderful. It's a visual cue. It, it, it is. It, it really yeah. is. So um, we've put a lot of thought and design into this. Um, we'll also, as you can see, there's some portraits hanging on the wall. Yep. We'll be a, there's actually kind of a reel that will allow us to um, host um, artwork from different mm. uh, artists or for, from the schools right. um, and be able to change them out um, over the course of um, time. And then there's some sitting areas if you want to come in and you need to sit and wait for something, you'll be able to, as a, as a constituent, be comfortable. Yep, veteran services right there. Veteran services. And yep. um, the third, um, okay. we're moving up to the third floor. I guess maybe we yep. stop there. Well, that's the end of the video that we have here, but that's okay. That's that's a, that's, you know, that, that's the stuff that faces uh, the public and that the public needs access to. It is, and I think one of the, um, the really unique um, pieces about this build-out is the fact that we are one of the first communities that has ever bought a condominium in a building. Right. So we worked with Jefferson Apartment Group, um, who actually purchased the old city hall mm -hmm. and the police station. And we have purchased a, a 40,000 square foot condominium that's five stories. Right. So Jefferson Apartment Group is at the moment building out all of the apartments, the parking, and the, the whole outside facade. Yep. We expect on April 1st that the cold, rough, or uh, I guess yeah, blanket, the cold dock shell, cold dock shell <laughs> um, will be turned over to us yeah. uh, for us to build out the interior. So things like, you know, the bathrooms, the elevators, the staircases, those are there. That's something that Jefferson is doing. Yep. But now we the will... Furniture, we're going to... Well, gonna actually the walls, yep. the tile, okay. you know, um, the rugs, you know, the lighting. Now, are you selecting some of these features mm -hmm. on the committee? We are, we good, are. Good, and good. Um, we have gone through a, a, a long process over the last year of not only selecting who the, uh, which I'll talk about in a minute, 
who the actual GC for us will be, mm -hmm. but also general contractor, general contractor, but also what we want um, in the interior. You know, what type do we want rugs? Do we want tile? Do we want stone? Do we want, um, you know, uh, plasterboard? You know, what what is it going to look like? One of the, I think the, the biggest uh, discussions that we had was, what is the lighting going to be in the council chamber? Because, you know, as with many architects, they come in with um, some wild, you know, grandiose scenarios as to what it's going to look like. And there were, you know, some comments made like, oh, it looks like, Miami Beach. Oh, it looks like Stock Trek. I mean, yeah. so, you know, we worked through, you know, a tremendous amount of design work is mm -hmm. to finally come up with what exactly we felt would represent the citizens of Malden. So some of the questions that I think the public has is, uh, so it's a condo, and that means it's we're going to own it. We own it. We own it. But it is part of the parcel that was purchased by Jefferson Apartment Group. Correct. And there's going to be, what, three buildings there, correct? Uh, there's two buildings. Two buildings. There's two buildings, and we are in the building. If you're going up Pleasant Street towards Mel Medford, right, we're on the right-hand side, and okay. we'll have our own entrance. Okay. Okay. So we we don't have to go into Jefferson Apartments to get to us. There'll be our own, you know, front entrance mm -hmm. on the right-hand side of Pleasant Street, and it will go up four stories. So, okay. and as I said, you know, general meeting offices will be on the first floor. Customer-facing uh, departments will be on the second floor. Um, groups like the MRA uh, will be on the third floor. Council Chambers, the mayor is on the fourth floor, and the fifth floor is, you know, like public services, um, public, uh, not public services, um, public facilities, uh, public facilities. So et the things you need less as a resident as are going to be on the upper floors. Exactly. But what is what else is going to be in this building? The building that has the city hall, you know, uh, facilities in it. What else is going to be in that same building? Is there going to be some retail there or some apartment? Oh, you're talking about in the building but outside of our condo. C correct. Yes, there will be um, apartment buildings. And um, Jefferson Apartment Group has not um, given us who they're dealing with at the moment. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the front, of, um, the front side of Pleasant Street and then the front side of Commercial Street mm -hmm. and also a little bit on the Exchange Street side, you'll see very large windows, which are basically storefronts. And they are working with a number of folks who are interested in actually securing those spots okay. to be able to you know, bring their businesses in. Of course. So you know, we're really looking forward to hearing from Jefferson who's coming in uh, because they're going to be really the anchors for the square. Right, right. And retail is very exciting. I know everyone gets excited about having some new retail in our downtown, and yep. that's really what's going to buoy this city. I think that retail is a big advantage for a city to have. It generates revenue, and it gives people shopping and dining options, and I think that's great. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. That's what folks are looking for, and we were able to put that together. So, um, so we're, as I said, we're waiting. We're waiting for Jefferson Apartment Group, and um, basically, right now, um, we've just um, hired. We opened the bids a couple of weeks ago for the general contractor, and M. O'Connor out of West Roxbury is going to be the the general contractor mm -hmm. that is going to oversee the work that will be done in that cold dock shell. Okay, you and, like saying that cold dock uh, shell? That cold dock shell. <laughs> that cold dock shell. Um, and there's someone that we have been in business for about 40 years. Um, and there's someone that we know. They actually did the senior center for us. Oh, good. And good, one good, of the good. things that's very uh, unusual about this type of a construction firm is that a number of the folks that we worked with on the senior center are still there. Because usually there's a very revolving door with mm. some of these GCs. Right. We're familiar um, with these folks. We're familiar with these folks. We like their work. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we're very pleased that they, they did get the lower bid. Yep. And um, the work will be comprised of um, both open and union shops. Okay. Okay. Um, everyone will pay prevailing wage. Good. And I did have a conversation at the last municipal building meeting with our architects yep. and engineers about the fact that we wanted to meet um, the, um, the, the folks from O'Connor. Mm -hmm. Because one of the concerns I have is the concern that we've all had on the council in past jobs is making sure that Malden residents have Absolutely. access to those jobs. Well, we love our tradesmen, and we also love our residents. Absolutely. We want to make sure that everyone's employed and everyone is sharing in the benefits of this. Absolutely. So Sounds like they, you're on top of that. They have said that they are going to uh, reach out um, to our citizens. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the construction industry is booming at the moment, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean there isn't someone in Malden that wouldn't want to work on this job. Of course. So um, there is going to be an outreach for um, Malden residents, women-owned businesses, minorities, mm -hmm. et cetera. So that will all happen in conjunction 
um, moving forward with the build-out. All right. So I haven't looked at the Gantt chart in a while, but where are we as far as when we're receiving the, the cold dock shells so we can start building it up? And when is the expected move-in date? And I know these things are flexible. Big projects very often, you know, yes. these dates can move. So, uh, you know, but, but based on what you're seeing now, what do we think? We anticipate receiving the shell April 1st. And then, we, then the contract is um, 290 days from then that we would be able to begin to move in. So we're basically looking at, you know, late December, January, February time frame. You know, if you're going to move a date by surprise, April 1st is the one you would give people, right? Well, April for, <laughs> April 1st is when we get the shell. Right. So, and then the, then the build-out will occur. Um, myself, along with Ron um, Hogan, Eric Rubin, and um, um, Debbie Burke from mm -hmm. the MRA, sure. we spent um, a day in Boston looking at furniture Okay. Um, a couple of weeks ago, That's which exciting. was very exciting. We went to create Creative Office Pavilions. Everyone loves is, to shop. Which is in the Design Center, and we went to Hayworth, and then we went to Knoll, so we're um, basically actively looking now at the furniture that will be purchased to, um, you know, uh, fill um, the, the the building yeah. and also create a, an ergonomic, uh, you know, yeah. uh, environment for our employees. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's comfortable. Comfortable and also um, not just ergonomics, but also, you know, how we can use space mm. um, optimally, whether it's vertical space or horizontal space, yeah. how we can you know, use file cabinets that are just file cabinets now to actually be sorting stations, et cetera. So, you know, we're really trying to work through a lot of the particulars of how we're going to function as we move forward. Yeah, I remember the old city hall, which we used to call the new city hall, the old new city hall. Um, yeah, it had conference rooms that weren't necessarily the most user-friendly. Correct. Um, it had a lot of open space that was tough to heat and cool. Um, and it had a lot of uh, cramped spaces that weren't necessarily the most ergonomic, you know. Um, but it sounds like we're addressing all of that. And we it's are. it's going to be uh, an advantage to not only people who work there, but the residents who visit and city councilors who do city business there. I think everyone will be very excited about um, how this comes together. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very happy to have been part of it. It's um, something I'm looking forward to seeing to completion. So. Yeah, well, you know, I felt the same way when I worked in that police station because, you know, that was part of the same project. Right. We had to take them both down at the same time as part of that bid. Um, but what we ended up with was a beautiful product, uh, $20 million police station, $10 million came from the state, which is always a great benefit to our community when you can bring money in. Um, and of course, uh, we, we've done some great financing to make this new city hall possible on that parcel. Correct. Um, I know that Jefferson paid about $10 million, roughly $10 million. And then we accelerated some of their future taxes so that we could move in there with very little money down. Correct. Right. So. The money we need is for the cold dock shell, so we can buy our furniture and put in our tile and carpet and things like that. Which is about $16,447,000. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are already a quarter of the way through my first show hosting, and uh, oh, you're wow. doing a wonderful job, by the way. You well, know, thank you. Yeah, and time flies when we're doing a good when job. When we're having fun, huh? Yeah. So anything else you want to add about City Hall? Because I also want to hear about what's going on in Wood 5, and uh, we want to hear about some other exciting things that you're all working on. Well, um, no, I think that about covers it. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, so. I, you know, I, I think we really gave people an education about uh, where we're at. I know. Yep, and it seems like within the year we're going to be able to actually absolutely. Uh, you know, oh, within a year we will we will absolutely be in there. Yeah, we wonderful. Will be in there, wonderful. So before next winter, anyway. I before next spring. Yeah, we will yeah. we will be there. There's actually a contingency where the general contractor has to pay a certain amount per right. day. Starts if, hitting them in the wallet. Yes, so yeah. we will we will definitely be in there yeah. before before spring. So yeah, I like to hear. Yes, it. there's no before next spring. So because right, right. I think we're all kind of. On these chilly days this week, kind of waiting for spring in 2019. So. Sure, sure. Now, you have a couple really big things going on in Ward 5 that, you know, causes that you've championed. Um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the community garden. I do. Right. I do. There's right. a, there's and you a, could talk about Roosevelt Park, perhaps. But go ahead. Tell me about the community garden. I, well, you know, I, I basically, I, I guess I will tell you a little bit about me. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, one of, one of the things that, um, as a counselor, you know, in addition to my background, you know, my operational background and uh, management background, one of the things just as an individual that I think I bring to the council is the fact that I love to engage people. Mm. And I love to come up with new ideas to bring 
people together mm-hmm. so that they can form a community within our community. Right. And one of the first things that I did was create the community garden, mm-hmm. um, which was five years ago. And we built the first garden, which has um, a little over 30 beds. And that was done with grants from uh, Keurig, Seeds mm-hmm. of Change, and a community development block grant money. Yeah. And that garden was so accepted into the community. When I first did it, I thought it was going to be a Ward 5 garden. Yeah. And it was being a little parochial, I guess, at the time that, you know, I was building a Ward 5 garden. But then as I saw the, you know, folks who wanted to just come in and dig in the dirt, so to speak, right. you know, get their hands dirty and grow something, yeah. um, I realized that this just could not be a Ward 5 garden. It had to be a community. It had to truly be a community garden. Sure. So that led me to how do I build the second one? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the state actually it was Representative Fallon at the time who put mm-hmm. an earmark in at the state. Yeah, and he's he, done some great work. Representative Fallon did wonderful work. work. And then he left, and um, Senator Lewis and mm-hmm. um, our three reps, Brodeur, um, Altrino, yep. and Donato, mm-hmm. all um, stepped up to make sure Brilliant. that um, that would stay in the budget. And it took about three years because it kept falling out. And then it put back in. Right. And we built the second one. That happens on the state level. And we've never advertised, and we always have a waiting list of 30 to 50 people. Oh, wow. I know. And we have community groups in there. We have not just, you know, mothers and fathers or kids or families, but we have um, the Chinese Cultural Commission Council is in there. YWCA has a bed. MTech has a bed. Um, a, a group um, that deals with handicapped individuals has mm-hmm, a bed. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Early Bird Gardeners Club. So we have a number of things that are going on there. Um, but if you're not a club, let's just say you're an individual and you've got a green thumb. You know, you've you got a lot of pride out of growing something. In a, yes. you know, Joe Malden right. wants to grow something in one of your 30 plots. You call, uh, you email bikepath at thecommunitygarden.com. Okay. And um, you get on a list. Uh-huh. Okay. And one of the things you do is, because there's commitments, you have to participate because we want a community. Right. So you come down and you, you know, do a few um, cleanups and you kind of meet us. And eventually when a bed frees up, because you have to be a Malden resident to have a bed. Of course. Um, you'll eventually get a bed. The nice thing is, is that we, um, I did put in for another community development block grant um, application, and we did get some money to build a third garden. Unfortunately, we need a little bit more than we got, so I put an application in for the Community Preservation Act. Yep. Okay. And as you know, the papers came down to us not that they've been accepted yet. Sorry, recently. But um, the community develop the community garden is on that. So hopefully, combining the community development block grant money and the CPA money that we'll get, we will be able to build two more gardens, which will have more than, um, total more than 50 beds. So we will have over 100 beds. So you're going to be able to serve everyone on your wait list? Well, the problem is every time we build a bed, the wait list still continues because we haven't advertised. As more people find out, right? Um, we the need continues to grow. But yep. it's it's a wonderful group. It has, um, you know, we, t- we hear a lot when you, you know, talk to people about, um, our, do our school systems reflect our community? Does this mm-hmm. reflect our community? The community garden reflects our community. Yes. Which is amazing. I mean, and it's so funny. As I say, it's like music transcends language. Gardening transcends language. So you'll yeah. see folks who don't speak the same language kind of working with each other, just pointing that yeah. someone's doing something wrong. So yeah. it's really a fabulous place. Julie Mangan, who is our garden manager, is a very unique individual who is just brought so much um, to the garden. She spoke before the council. We she had, yep, did. Yep, she did. She loves wonderful. the garden and, you know, has great ideas. We had our first haunted garden this year, oh, um, which we, we partnered with Elliott Services, and we had hundreds of kids down you there. You are so good with this stuff, Barbara. So I mean, you know, and when you do Mother Nature, I mean, you really put yourself into these things, well, and it's for the residents. It is, and, and because I love doing it. So, you know, so the garden came, and then the Fairy House Festival, which right. is always the, I want to plug that Let's a little bit. Let's tell people about it. Um, it's always the weekend before Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Our, our fifth annual Fairy House Festival will be held at Pine Banks Park. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it's the Saturday before Labor Day weekend. Hey, what do people and, do? What do people do there? Um, basically, you can pre-build a fairy house and mm-hmm. put it on the fairy house walk, and it'll be judged, and there's trophies. But then we have a builder's workshop, and the kids, they, they come, and they come 
into the builder's workshop and they get some materials to go out into the woods and actually build their own fairy house, um, which is basically made of pine cones and grass and twigs yeah. and rocks and sand, et cetera. The magic of the day is just incredible. Yeah. Um, it's just, um, it, it's something to see. You don't hear the cell phones ringing. You oh, see fathers and daughters, fathers and sons, mothers We definitely and sons. need to start unplugging as a society Everybody a little bit more. Everybody just down in the ground and just getting back to nature. And as I yeah. always say, sprinkling a little fairy dust in the world is always a good thing. Well, and it brings our residents together. It does. You it know. does. And they come from everywhere. Yeah. which is amazing. It's like people come from Stoneham and Winchester, etc. And it gets the kids to flex their creativity. Absolutely. And, we have an arts and crafts table. Um, Kathy Bartlett does a fabulous job with that. We have face painting. Mm -hmm. um, it's, 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 an, it's an incredible day. It's just a very, you know, a very back-to-nature day. So yeah. I know. But my newest adventure yeah, let's okay, hear it. is called Malden Unplugged. Okay. Okay, I and want to hear about this. When the first garden was built, I actually built a little area that I always saw as a performance center. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that God bless the DPW then because they came down with the backhoe because there was a ton of granite that was just in the weeds. So they actually created this area between the first garden is actually two sections. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the section is this open area that I've always seen, seen as a performance center. But I had wonderful ideas, but just have never gotten to it because everything has been going a little too fast these days. But this is the year that um, Malden Unplugged is going to happen. And it's going to be basically on a Thursday night, um, starting, I believe, in June. And it will run for six to eight weeks where people will be able to just come to the garden and perform. So it and it once again it's, it's all acoustic it, though, right? They're not plugging anything in. They're all acoustic. Uh, they could bring something. They could. They want to bring some type of speaker with them. So there might they be can. some plugs. There could be, but there's no electricity there, <laughs> so they'll okay. have to have their own batteries. <laughs> but um, the whole goal, once again, is to just create community. So people who are sitting in an apartment with a guitar who are new to Malden might come out and meet other people they can jam with. Yeah. Um, and it's not just music. It can be dance, it can be poetry, it can be readings. Mm -hmm. um, I always say mime and everyone goes mime, but you know, it can be juggling, it can be you know, whatever outdoor you want to do. It's outdoor yeah. performances on the garden. It's a natural you know, audience because people are continually you know, moving up and down uh, the bike path. Yeah. And it's right on the bike path. So I'm really looking forward to see how this one works. The fairy house has worked. God's worked well, the fairy house has worked well, so I'm going for three. So. This bike path is wonderful, too. It is. You know, it, it crosses the entire city. It links us to other communities. Yes. And uh, we went a little further than other communities. First, we used recycled asphalt, but then we took the extra step of paving the entire thing. Yes. And, and I believe it. we put about a million dollars into that. And plowing it in the winter so people can use it all winter long. Right. Right, and people yeah. use it for all types of activities, whether it's dog walking or you know bicycling, obviously, yeah. but uh, you jogging, know, rollerblading, skateboarding. Right, um, so many children take it to school because it actually connects from um, Malden High School through Salemwood mm -hmm. uh, up through Mystic Valley and into uh, the Linden School. Yeah. So it actually, you know, kind of really follows a path where a lot of children walk it. And didn't they do a Halloween thing there, too, like a little haunted uh, thing on the bike path? Peg Crow, in conjunction with Junior Aid yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. did a uh, trunk or treat. And you're in Junior Aid. Yeah, I am, but yeah. I, she did I just trunk, went to trunk, trunk or treat um, down by, uh, I was down on Canal Street, mm -hmm. where um, the, basically people came and they filled their, they decorated their cars and they filled backed in, filled their trunks with candy, and the kids came down the bike path and um, yeah. and did uh, trick-or-treating down oh, there. Oh, that's so. great. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, um, okay, halfway through. Wow. Halfway through. Can you believe how well this is going? We it is. And we, we're, we're not even done. <laughs> we, we have more to talk about. So did you want to go into Roosevelt Park at all? Um, or is that something that you still, still – I know it's I a think, work in progress. How about we wait till I'll come back on again and we can talk about I Roosevelt love it. Park. I love it. Okay. Yeah. What I would like to announce for Ward 5, though, is something that I think everybody if, – if you are living in Ward 5 or you drive Forest Street at any point in time, you will be very happy to know that uh, working with the mayor and the engineering department, um, I now – Mayor Christensen said to me yesterday, mm -hmm. you can announce this. Forest Street 
will be repaved from, oh, from Main Street bravo. to Sylvan Street. Bravo. We knew it was going to be repaved from Main Street to Pierce, but we were working on the figures to see if we could get from Pierce to Sylvan, and it is going to happen this construction season. So, yeah, and the street needs it. It, it oh, the street de- definitely yeah. needs it. Yeah. Street um, uh, it's, among it's many, like, oh, among many. Yeah, but I'm so but glad it's, that that's it's, happening. It really is a major secondary road, and it is in deplorable condition. Well, we all use it. You right, know, so everyone in Malden uses that. So that's uh, that's very. I jokingly say to people uh, as they call from Wood Five, I'd be very happy to talk to you, but um, let's not talk about Forest Street. And they laugh. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. of course, I actually live on Forest Street, so I really know how bad it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I use it. Uh, I mean, depending on whether or not I'm going to uh, Melrose or the cemetery, my father is yeah. in that. I have family in that yeah. cemetery and. I it's, think a lot of people use it. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's it really probably is one of the worst, you know, secondary roads in the city, and yeah. um, it gets a tremendous amount of use. And uh, probably my worst critic is my wonderful husband of thirty eight years, who yeah. keeps saying to me, "Why can't who's the councilor? Why can't you get the street fixed?" <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Oh, that's that that joke is too easy. So, and, <laughs> anyway. Um, I, I guess the next initiative, seen as how we're speaking about streets, yeah. that I would really like to talk about this evening is Drive 25. Oh, right. Perfect segue. Perfect segue. It's almost like you planned this. I didn't, but I just <laughs> thought of it. I was like, well, let's talk about yeah. Drive 25. Well, you know, this is a subject I think that we've been talking about in the council for quite some time. Absolutely. You know, we've had many, many residents that have said the cars are going too fast in our residential communities, particularly um, you know, the quiet streets where the children play and, and, you know, not even the main thoroughfares, but people are going too fast. Correct. And uh, you slow it down, it results in less bodily injury, less accidents, and a lot of our surrounding communities are doing this. I know you championed it, so I'm not going to steal the show. I'm going to let you talk about this. Well, thank you. And actually, I, I need to give Councillor Crow yep. um, due credit for this. Sure. Because An she, early advocate. She was probably the first advocate. Mm-hmm. She actually went to the state house many years ago mm-hmm. to try to get the state to reduce the thir- the basically basically if a, if a street is not posted statewide, it's thirty miles an hour. So yeah. that that's that's the kind of the baseline that's right. that's for the, the default. state. That's the default. So she went early on to um, see if she could get that lowered to twenty five. Yeah. But there was a lot of pushback because when you get out of an urban city that's heavily, you know, populated yep. and you get out more into western Massachusetts, that's not a problem. Right. You know, right. people want to go faster. It's they're, a they're problem for thickly settled, settled areas. areas. Exactly. So she wasn't able to actually accomplish anything, but she was on the forefront of trying to do something. Yeah. So eventually the state did pass the ability for yeah, we, a city. We weren't allowed. Right. Not First, until Governor Baker were, were we allowed to even lower the speed limit. Exactly. So uh, so once that happened, she and I kind of partnered up mm-hmm. and, um, you know, got it on the council docket, you know, went to traffic commission and, you know, got the approval to do this. And the council fully supported it a few months ago. And we're actively now, there's a, a committee of us, there's Councilor Crow and myself. Yeah. Um, Evan Tuxbury, Lieutenant Tuxbury, sure. who is um, the new head of traffic for the police department. Uh-huh. Ron Hogan, who is the head of our parking department. Yep. Yemlip, our city engineer. You got Ron, a big team there. Ron Hogan from the mayor's office. Yes, um, Eric Rubin. So we are all working together now to come up with a plan as to how do we roll this out. Our goal is to roll we it need out. the signs. Uh, well, our goal is to roll it out July 1st. Uh-huh. So we're giving ourselves time so that we can not just put signs up, but we can actually, you know, let the public know what's going on. So because, as you know, in past rollouts, if things aren't done properly and people aren't aware of what's going on, um, they get upset, which rightly so. Yeah, you got to be fair to the residents. Exactly. You know, they, they pay the taxes. This is their city. Yes. And we're here to help them. So we have our second meeting uh, actually this Friday at 10 o'clock in the Good. mayor's conference room. And, you know, we're working through the logistics of uh, Ron Hogan is working with MassCorps, which is the Department of Corrections, to get the signs done. Mm-hmm. Yem's working um, with MassDOT, you know, to, you know, tell them that we're going to do this. We also have to work with D- um, uh, DCR because, like, um, Fellsway East 
is a state, you know, the state roads are a different right. animal. Of course. So there's a lot of moving. They're regulated by the state. They, we can't change that. Right. But we have to have signage in certain spots, and we have to get their approval. So there's yeah. a lot of moving parts to this. You know, we've talked about, you know, even updating, like, ways so that, yep. you know, uh, ways would know that, you know, it's, it's drive, now 25 it's miles now drive hour. 25. Um, you know, putting notices in the water bill, you know, having, you know, uh, re press releases. So that's one of the reasons. Those Ron are all the forms of outreach we use to communicate with our residents. Exactly. Ron that's one of the reasons, Ron. There's not so many things, not so many tools we have other than those, right? We have the, you can put it out in the newspaper. You can put it on the city website. You can put it in one of the regular bills that go out there. Correct. And you could say it on MATV like we are right now and like we do in the council meetings. Um, but other than that. I mean, it's, you know, it's a challenge. We, we try to reach everybody. We do. And so, you know, we'll have the signage. And, you know, one of the things that I just want to give kudos to um, all of the city councilors, um, city councilors have all agreed to put $1,000 of their mitigation money into a fund to be able, to, you know, for us to buy the signs. We're going to get lawn signs mm -hmm. that will say Drive 25 coming July 1st so that we'll be able to put them in all the different wards so there'll actually be a visual that'll be on people's lawns. Right. You know, so we can really... Um, you know, get the message out. So that's yeah. something very exciting that's that's going to happen. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to it, and hopefully that will help um, slow down the traffic. The police department is committed because, like anything, if you don't enforce it, yep. nobody does it. Of course. So, of course. But the police department is committed to enforcing it. Um, at least at know, the outset. You've got to yep. let people know, hey, look, things have changed around here. Right. And we need to do things the right way. And this yeah. is going to help the community. Yes. Yeah, I remember this was going back. I was making some notes. My first term, first full term in the council, going back eight years, it was Judy Bucci and Peg Crow that said, you know, we do need some 25s. And we don't, didn't have the ability back yeah. then. Um, I believe that the default rule was uh, under Chapter 90, uh, 30 miles an hour in thickly uh, settled districts. 35 in commercial districts. So people were expected to know that if it wasn't posted. Right. So without posting 25, that's the default. We need to start posting. I did put those signs up on Glenwood Street because I had a couple streets where the residents said, hey, look, you know, counsel, you have to slow things down here. People yeah. are getting hit. And, uh, and and it was becoming quite a problem. I mean, when, when, when people are getting injured um, and property is getting damaged, you need to take that seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm so happy to hear we're rolling this out this summer. And uh, this is another way we're communicating with the residents. So you've you've heard it again if you're watching this show. It maybe for the first time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll just keep saying it and, and hopefully everyone gets the message. One thing that I've uh, emphasized is is first time warnings. You know, particularly with, uh, yes. you know, citations like uh, the snow shoveling and things like that. Folks need to know that, look, uh, we need to modify the behavior. We're not here to uh, zonk you. This isn't to punish you, and it's not a way to squeeze revenue out of you. It's a way to change things so that society functions a little bit better. And that's our role in government. We're elected to do that. Uh, and change behavior. And, and Lieutenant Tuxbury um, totally, you know, is in step step with that because yeah. I did say to him, well, guy. What, guy. what's the speed when you, you know, when you give someone a ticket? He said it depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I mean, he looks, I think, at, you know, what's going but on, he et cetera. Discretion. He's, he, the use discretion. You know, if it's egregious, you know, mm -hmm. someone's doing 50 or 60 miles an hour, they're getting a ticket. You know what I mean? Or arrested. Or arre <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but, you know, on. I think, you know, it's going to be a learning curve for everybody, but, you know, we will be out there, you know, in force to make sure that, you know, we create a safer community for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah. one thing I want to say about our police department consummate professionals. Absolutely. They, they face every challenge that a big city faces, they do it professionally. And uh, I, I just got to tell you, every time I've had to interact with them before my time in the council and my time in the council, uh, they've always done their job very, very effectively. And um, I want to give uh, some props to them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they'll do a good job with Drive 25. I absolutely have no doubt that they will. Yeah. You, know, so. yeah. you know, the other thing that's really interesting and kind of new, um, which is actually was new to the council, too. Um, and I'm happy to say that I was um, the actually recipient of the funds. But uh, Uber. Oh Speaking yes. Speaking of Uber, this you is know? going to be the first time most folks are hearing about this, but it's 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 nice. It it really is. So, um, when an Uber driver picks you up in Malden um, or anywhere, um, they are charged twenty cents for the pickup, mm -hmm. and ten cents goes to the state, and ten cents goes to the city in which the ride emanates from. So. Last, last year, in 2018, there were 
990, oh, sorry, let me get this right, 906,042 rides that Isn't emanated that amazing? from Malden. So on, at 10 cents, Malden got 90000 Yep. $642. Again, bringing money into the community. And um, it, it needs to be used for roads, um, you know, in, in maintenance of intersections, et cetera. No problem. We've got plenty of candidates for that. We do. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of work going on with Complete Streets, where a number of intersections are being addressed through the Complete Streets project, which yep. we can talk about at a different time. But one of the intersections that w was on a waiting list for Complete Streets was the intersection of Forest, Maine, and Winter, mm -hmm. which is right in front of Spatter Forest Funeral Home, kind of that area yeah. there with Citizens Bank. Sure. And with the work that's going on with having Forest Street repaved and also Main Street repaved from Clifton up to Pine Banks Park, yeah. there was no money to do that intersection. So the city council actually graciously agreed mm -hmm. to move that money. Uh, requests came down from the administration to move that money to the intersection to create better, uh, safe pedestrian crossings and, you know, ve vehicular uh, movement um, through those intersections. And the council, you know, as I said, generously agreed to move that money to that particular intersection, which I am forever thankful for. And it was great because we didn't split the money up into little pieces that, you know, really wouldn't accomplish a major project yeah. so you know the goal is that each year we'll get you know hopefully this year we'll get a similar amount of funds and it will be used at another intersection someplace else in the city that needs needs some work so, right. so there's lots right. of good things going on yeah and just so folks know uh the way a city appropriates money the request has to come from the mayor can't come from the council it comes from the mayor and then the council has to approve the expenditure that's the Correct. way money gets appropriated and it's important that folks know that because when they complain about, you know, what's going on with this rotten street, I really need something done. Well, that has to start with the mayor. And we're happy to advocate for those streets and certainly our wards. Um, and I'll just put a plug out there. I hope that the next funds come into Ward 3 because we could use it. <laughs> no, I know. So it's Yeah, you know, I, so sometimes I feel like, you know, Ward 3 has been... Uh, you know, left without a dance partner, but, uh, you know, we're, we're always stumping for our wards. We are. And you've no. done a great job. You've done well, a great thank job you. for Ward 5. We, we, we do try, and, um, you know, we all we all have some wonderful things we do. Fourth of July, we'll be here before we know it. I need to book the bouncy houses. I don't know if you've right. booked yours yet. So. Well, yeah, this is when it starts. <laughs> yep, the, you know, the folks, uh, you know, the ward council has put on the community Fourth uh, of July's for all our respective wards, and that's something that not a lot of other communities do. Uh, but that, that involves getting together the volunteers, advertising the event, arranging the bouncy house, buying the food, cooking the food, serving the food, buy, the buying the gifts, <laughs> giving out the ribbons and awards, uh, giving out the prizes and gifts. Um, what else am I missing? The DJ. The DJ, the ponies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wood 2 has four ponies. They set the record with ponies. Was it four or five? I, I think know. they had four. Yeah, I think they, they, were, you know, they were coming to organize, Organizing the races, you know, yeah. so. Oh, yeah, but all, it's, all the events. All the events. Um, you, that's one of the things they don't tell you when you run for city councilor that you have yeah. to become an event planner. Yeah, yes. you do. <laughs> you do. And I got to tell you, I have to fill up multiple cars. Well, I mean, a full car just for the toys and the prizes, and then a full car just for the food and the and the beverages. Oh, it's it's heavy and it's work, but when it's all over, boy, does it feel good. It, it feels it good to watch the kids have fun, you know. And it's for me the same events and the same park that I went to as a kid, and now I'm the council that's putting on the event. And it's just, you know, it's an honor. It is. And it's fun. I remember I, I had one woman who's my age, who has a son probably your age, who, mm -hmm. had, who, had, who had children. And she said to me afterwards, she said, when her grandchildren won their medals, her son asked her, did she still have his? So, I mean, it, it definitely yeah. is generational. And people, like, they really wow. enjoy, you know, just kind of the camaraderie of the neighborhood and having been there as a child themselves and now bringing their children back to it. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great time. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we're at the three-quarters mark, and we're doing wonderful. What a first show. James, Claire, how are we doing in there? All right? You guys are doing great. All right. So what else are we going to cover here? Um. Something that I didn't think I would cover tonight, and no. I have no idea why this just popped in my mind. Okay. Okay. Um, and I wish I and, – and this might be a topic that at some point in the future you want to delve into more. 
um, and that you might invite our uh, animal control officer, Kevin Alkins, yep. uh, yep, yep, he's great. But Love Kevin. I know um, in Ward Five, and I believe in Ward Three and Ward Six, um, and probably other places. Um, but we do have a coyote population in Malden. Do tell. We do. <laughs> I haven't seen a coyote. I saw a wild turkey yesterday. We, we have turkeys. Yeah. We have yeah. We have we have a lot of turkeys. We have a ton of rabbits. Yes, I know that. Um, and the rabbit population actually kind of goes in sync with the coyote population. Hmm. Um, so when the rabbit population goes up, the coyote population goes up, and they kind of because that's their food source. Yeah. So. Huh. Um, so there is a coyote population um, in the city. It's good to know we still have enough uh, natural space to uh, to have some some. You know, I've animals. actually I've actually posted some things out on Facebook. I'm you know not a big Facebook poster, but mm. people have been concerned, and I did post some things from the state. People think they're being displaced uh, mm. because of um, urban development, et cetera. Now they've right. lived they've lived with us for many years. They sure. just you know kind of. You know, depending on the, the the food source, you might see them come out of the fells more, out of Pine Banks Park more, and different things. So I know there's been, um, you know, some reports of you know the coyotes walking down Forest Street or on Bainbridge Street or up in the hills. Um, they're looking for food. Um, they are uh, not aggressive unless you you know really kind of you know go after them. Um, they they pretty much you know leave leave everybody alone. They just you know go out to get some food, and they eat you know they'll eat rabbits, but they also you know forage in in trash, which is another reason to uh, keep your trash you know protected, because mm-hmm. they're looking for you know edible items. Um, but um, they are around, and um, they're not going to go away, mm-hmm. and they are protected by the state. So mm-hmm. they can't, you know, be killed or moved or anything. You can't else. go out hunting here you in Malden. You can't go out hunting them in Malden, um, and they're pretty, um, you know, outside of obviously, like any animal, if you know they had any type of a disease or rabies or something, it might be a different situation. But for the most part, if you just yell at them, they will go away. Um, they they yeah. don't want to confront humans any more than we want to confront them. So. Very few animals do. But um, you know, but they, but as I said, they are here, and um, you know. They normally, dusk to dawn is um, the time they're normally out. So if you're walking in a wooded area, you know, I, I walk Blueberry Hill every day, basically. So I don't go at dusk and I don't go at dawn. I go when it's light. Yep. And that's just kind of a, a good rule to, yeah. you know, for everybody to follow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for so, their safety and the safety of nature, sure. Yep. Just keep it in mind anyway. Absolutely. We also have deer. I've, you know, I've, I actually, in walking in Pine Banks Park, Mm-hmm. was wondering what my dog, why he was making so much noise, and all of a sudden a very large buck came by, and then a doe came after the Aww. buck, and then the dog came after both Isn't of them. That nice? So. Yeah, I, so uh, and we have a new dog park over there in uh, Pine Banks, do we, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, a it's big one. beautiful. And yep, it, it and has, we needed one. Yep, and it has two sections. It has yep. a small dog section and a large dog section. Um, and, you know, the Pine Banks Park Commission, um, you know, was had a lot of foresight to do this and uh, built a good-sized dog park do you with know adequate parking. So There are as many dogs in America as there are children. Um, I didn't Americans know Americans love their dogs, and dogs need a place where they can recreate. They need to be able to stretch their legs, socialize with other dogs. Absolutely. It makes a better community when they can do that. Absolutely. And, uh you know, that's just an amenity that uh, it's great that our city can deliver to its residents. And there's also the dog park in Trafton Park. Wood 6. Wood, Wood 6, six which yep. is the first one. So. Yep, Neil Kinnon started that one uh, quite a while ago now, six years? Yeah, it's going to be at least six years. Yeah. yeah, and there's always a little controversy. Whenever you allocate something for a particular purpose, you're going to hear people that say, I love it, and you're going to hear people that say, I hate it. Right. But, you know, you've got to try to serve everybody. So, so uh, that's great. Um, one thing I wanted to mention... Uh, and I know that you have plenty of topics that you can go to, but we're coming down to the home stretch. Uh, I just met with the MBTA uh, representatives, as well as the mayor and the state delegates, including uh, Senator Lewis, who's been uh, a really great advocate for Malden. He's done some wonderful things, got some uh, appropriation money after we uh, did a lot of pestering of DCR to get some work done on uh, the rotary uh, at... Fellsway East and Highland Avenue, uh, our most dangerous intersection. But now we're going to have a $25 million makeover of the Oak Grove T-Station. I'm going to see if I have any renderings here. Um, It's something to look forward to. Uh, That work is commencing this year, and it should go on more than a calendar year. And I've got James. He's going to try to give you a glimpse of the images I have here. So 
Here's Washington Street View before. Let's see if we can get in there. James, good job. Right? So here's the before. Give me one second, James. Hold that shot. No, I don't think your jaw's going to drop, but, I mean, it's beautiful. As you can see, these are new modern materials, more glass, uh, more openness. Uh, we're going from one elevator to three elevators. Uh, we're also making uh, the parking and pedestrian crossing more safe, and we're adding more uh, bike amenities. Right? Perfect. Hey, hold that one second, James. I think I have another image here that might be uh, useful to folks. And... Okay, here's another before and after. Here's my tie. See a nice image of my tie there. <laughs> Good job, Claire. All right, here we go, James. So here's a before. Okay, you're all probably pretty familiar with this, right? There's a lot of uh, weeds coming out of the asphalt there and, uh, and those little bubbles from the 70s on top of the roof. Um, that was kind of an interesting concept when it was built. But here we have an after, and Barbara, you can see that in the screen over there. So, James, you want to give them a little view of this, right? So, doesn't that look nice? Yep, $25 million are going into this. And uh, just so you know, we paid for it. Uh, we uh, assessed a $2 million. Thanks, James. I'm going to take this down. We are assessed $2 million by the state per T-station. Um, and their argument there is that we benefit from the transit-oriented development that comes from having a T-station. No doubt that we do get development. And depending on who you talk to, some people say the T is great. Some people say, I hate the T. I hate what it brings. But uh, we're going to have this beautiful new renovation. On the Melrose side, I actually feel like they've benefited more from the transit-oriented development of Oak Grove. But because it's on the Malden side of the line, we get that assessment. Um, but we, we, we brought the concerns of the residents to the T officials, and they heard all of our concerns whether it was adding some more greenery or improving the aesthetics of it. Uh, they listened to everything that we had to say, and uh, they're going to address uh, all the safety concerns and the, uh, the aesthetic concerns and the resident-friendly concerns that we're looking for. And so hopefully we get that uh, underway as well. So just wanted the folks to know about that one. Great. And that just segued right into something uh -oh. that is, I You're think, a perfect guest, did I tell you? My. Nine minutes. You know, people say, you know, if you can accomplish a couple of things while you're in office, you mm -hmm. know, you know, in four years, if you can accomplish two or three things that you've, you've really done a good job. Mm. And recently, after a year and a half battle, um, which Council Matheson supported me on from day one. Yes, I know where you're going. You yep. know, I'm going transit-oriented development. Just went, whoa, yep. how, can I, how can I be here and not, and not just say this tonight? Recently, um, within the last three weeks ago, the council finally approved the fact that we will not be able to have high-story buildings in downtown Malden. Yes. I fought for a number of years to limit um, the height of buildings in the Central Business District to six years, supported by Councilor mm -hmm. Matheson. Um, and six we, stories. Six stories or under. Um, we fell short by three votes. Yep. Um, a year and a half ago, uh, which was very disheartening because in the moratorium survey, which was the largest survey that the city ever conducted with response from residents, 79% yeah. of the res respondents okay, wanted to limit the height of buildings to six stories in the central business, six stories or less in the central business district. You know, can I just stop you there? I want to emphasize to folks what a mandate that really is. This was the most responded to survey in Malden history, over 2,000 respondents. So I think we have a high confidence level with this. And normally when you see a landslide, it's like 60-40. This is 79% of people. That is an overwhelming majority. That's a mandate. Those are our marching orders. If we're going to serve people, that's what we should be doing, listening to what they say there. And I want to give you props, and I, and I know I did it at the council meeting, and I, 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 was, I was in favor of a six-story limit. Uh, there were three councilors who weren't. Um, they had their own reasons, uh, but we were successful at seven stories, and it was because of your tenacity. And I want to give you credit for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And the only reason it's seven stories is because I would have had to wait another year to yeah. bring it back. Once it got denied, 
um, once those votes came in, there's a ruling that says you can't bring the same paper back for two years. Yep. So I changed it. Well, maybe next year we'll come back at six. I know. So right? I changed it to get to seven stories. So at least there's no way for anyone to build something six to 12 or over 12. Let's talk about some of the other limitations. So, Didn't we limit um, multifamily apartment dwellings? Uh, to three stories. We did outside of outside of central business. That's right. So that's right. That's, that's no one the, wants that in their neighborhood. They don't. They don't want. And I think you know the majority. I can of, tell you they didn't want it at Malden Hospital. No, and we've I, been dealing with that for eight years. People want to protect the neighborhoods. I mean, that's that's the general feeling that you that's get right. when you speak to your constituents. So that's right. And that's what we've been advocating for. Yeah. I mean, we have these these some neighborhoods are right for retail. Some neighborhoods are right for restaurants and a vibrant downtown and high rise buildings. Other neighborhoods are right for people who want to live in their, their single or two-family homes, raise their families, have a street that's not dangerous or busy, and uh, be able to have a comfortable life there without the noise and the traffic of the downtown. And when we take that away from them, I don't think we're serving our community right. So that's why we, we championed this, and we, we got that passed. Yes. And again, we did it because we got that mandate from the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So that's, you know, one of the things that I'm extremely proud of. That, yeah. You know, yeah, it made, me, it made me proud to so. be in the council and proud to lend my voice to the process. Thank you. So. Yep. Yep. And you've done a, just a wonderful job with that. Okay. So, any last thoughts? We're, we're on a five-minute mark. I'm getting that, you know how they do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm, I want to thank you so much, Counselor, for having me on to your, you know, your show. I you know, well, appreciate I, the opportunity to sit and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you. I love to see what you do up in your ward yeah. and, you know, how you approach things. You've been, you know, a you know, wonderful advocate for, for me and hopefully me for you. And, um, yeah, yeah, you, you know, know, you've been just, wonderful to uh, serve with so. um, and work with on the council, and um, I admire the work you do. Uh, I was born and raised in Ward 3. I love that neighborhood. I'm so proud to be able to represent it and do some good things. Obviously, I'm limited about what I can do, but I can protect people's interests of uh, not overdeveloping their neighborhood and trying to improve safety on the roadway, try to get things paved, try to improve those parks, um, and, you know, try to just stand up for the residents and what they're looking for. Um, well, I, you're job. getting some CPA money for um, uh, the fellas from your pond, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you know what? Let's take a few minutes. And first, you know, listen, I, I, it's an honor to be on this show. I'm a guest host here today. I'm not I throwing it back at you. I'm sorry. I, I, no, no, no. That's okay. No, no I, I want to talk about War 3, absolutely. But I did want to talk about uh, your stuff first. But I, I want to give a, a, a nice thank you to uh, the other hosts of 02148, uh, Mike Sharon, Jerry Leone, Ed Lucy, and Joe Panadosi. Joe has a radio show now. Congratulations, Joe. Uh, this is normally Joe's week. This is why I'm filling in. Uh, based on how much I've enjoyed doing this with you, I would love to do it again. Um, but let's talk a little bit about uh, the CPA and what that means, because I find that the average resident says, CPA, what, what the heck what is are you it? talking about? Right. So this is the Community Preservation Act, and the reason why we have it is because a group of residents felt so strongly about it, they went out with a petition, got 10,000 signatures or so, put the question on the ballot, the people of Malden got to vote for it, and I believe that it was passed 54, so I don't know the exact just, just to give you a sense, you know, that's when you, when you have a, a normal mandate is 54, and we were talking about things with 79, 80% right. plurality, but... Uh, but anyway, um, we passed the CPA. It is a 1% surcharge on your property taxes, all of us. The first 100000 is exempt. So uh, people with expensive property uh, bear the, the most. Uh, that money has to be used by state law uh, for parks and open space, affordable housing, and historic preservation. Right. Uh, you normally find it used mostly for parks and open space, but it can't be used exclusively that way. Uh, we have a group of citizens that decide on the petitions that people apply for. Uh, when they settle on the ones that fit the criteria, they bring it to the council and the mayor if it's got approval of them. Then we take those CPA funds. We have a couple million dollars at this point, and we apply that. One minute. We apply that to, um, to these wonderful projects. And I'm able to uh, fix the, um, the shoreline at Felsmere Pond, which is a wonderful gem of Malden, uh, it's had a crumbling uh, pathway that's gone into the water, polluted the water, and taken up some of the path space. And now we're going to fix that and make it nice and beautiful the best we can. We got a little bit of CPA money for that. Uh, the state throws a few bucks into the CPA fund as well. They call it a match, 10, 20%. I think it was 15 last year. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, we find some other sources and we make things happen. And you've been doing that with Roosevelt Park, too. Roosevelt, and, yeah, and I know that's Park, for our next show. Next show so, yes. We're down to 10 seconds. Let's just say goodbye to everybody. Thank you all. Thank I you really appreciated this. And, Barbara, thank you so much. So. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll do it again one day. Folks, we love you. We love Malden. Thanks for joining us. It's been our honor and privilege to be here. Take care and good night. Wonderful, Barbara. Good job.